It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of two IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. And with me always, my partner in crime, Mr. Thomas Simons. How are we doing tonight, Thomas? Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's a shrimp kebab, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan-fried, deep-fried, stir-fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, uh, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like you're hungry. <laughs> do, you, do you think I have a craving for shrimp? <laughs> I, I do. I do now. Um, all right. Well, so uh, we're going to dive into the uh, the Thursday night matchup uh, that was. Um, ugly. I'll tell you this. Yeah, it was. It was ugly. It was uh, the first half was interesting. Um, you know, as betting kind of uh, starts to uh, grow and grow uh, around the country, it's always fascinating to watch. Um, how much people are getting into it, and it's, and I think for some people it's it's a shock when they really like kind of see this happen. But um, you know, everyone like I mean, there are some really really smart people who do this for a living, and uh, they all came up to the conclusion that this game would would have an over and under of about thirty points. That's and, unbelievable. And there was already thirty <laughs> points, uh, and they weren't even done with the second quarter, and then. <laughs> And then the second half of the game, it was like, oh, yeah, that's the game. That's the reason why they said that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's bad enough when you have Pittsburgh's leading tackler as their defensive tackle. Yeah. I mean, that's brutal. Now, Jelani Taddy had a good night for New England, except for he almost darn near blew it when he jumped off sides on that that punt in – then they t- turned around and called it on the center, which was a bad call that should have been on Tavi because he definitely jumped off sides. You know, I know the center lifted his head, but that's normal. I mean, they, they should be calling that all the time, and they don't. Right, right. If he had twitched his arms or twitched his hands or something like that. I mean, Tavi had eight tackles and six assists, a 14-tackle night, and that almost went out the window when you consider that he almost blew everything on that one – uh, punt play, which would have given Pittsburgh a first down. Now he did ha- also have an assist on special teams, so he had 15 total tackles on the night. That's pretty darn good. Now Pittsburgh, they're—I don't know what's going on in that linebacking core. They—they they darn near lost T.J. Watt tonight. They've already lost, you know, the inside of their their defense, and they're playing guys like Michael Walker got signed onto the practice squad and, and off of the practice squad, and now is is starting. Landon Roberts showed up tonight after being banged up, and you know they they were even considered activating and playing Blake Martinez, who that's pretty bad when you're looking that far down the line. Now Martinez did play tonight and he had four tackles, but still, when you are playing Michael Walker and Blake Martinez as your linebackers, there's something wrong with your depth chart, don't you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a man. It, it can it can turn into a mess really quick. I mean, we we see it a lot on the offensive side of the ball. We have running backs getting signed off the couches and taking people to fantasy championships, but uh, it's certainly happening on the defensive side as well. I think a lot of us are are starting a lot of linebackers this uh, this week and next week that we would have never in a million years thought we'd be starting at this <laughs> point. We, we go through all this all this pre draft stuff and the training camps, try to get everybody all lined up, and then now we're down to you know. Uh, Michael Walker and I mean just the, some of the names that we are Josh that are in Woods our, and, and guys that you know obviously Woods is on a bye this week but you're you're digging deep into these rosters and and pulling names out of the hat and it's just like what Troy Die I mean yeah. really <laughs> anywho. Well, speak- yeah, speaking of some of those names and, and others, let's. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you know you're 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 at least on the playoffs doorstep. We would hope. Uh, so we're going to dive in and see what what we can do to help y'all uh, make a successful run here at week 14. We're going to go through some of our favorite matchups, and then we'll uh, we're going to dive into some injury news as well. Thomas, you want to get uh, get us started? Yeah, I mean, you you brought up PJ Locke in last week's podcast, and you absolutely nailed it. Now, with Kareem Jackson out a few more games because of a suspension, Locke is going to lock is a lock to continue <laughs> producing fantasy points like he did in Week 13 when he posted. He had uh, eight total tackles, six solos, two assists, and he had a sack plus two tackles for a loss and a QB hit. Nice call on that last week. Thank you, sir. Um, I want to talk a little bit this week. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll stay with the uh, defensive backs. I think another really good matchup this week is going to come uh, uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, safeties. Uh, Antoine Winfield and probably also Ryan Neal. Uh, they got a great matchup against Atlanta. Last week with... Uh, uh, the linebackers just absolutely decimated there for for Tampa Bay. One of the things that we saw is we saw Neil uh, get a ton of box snaps. I mean, I mean, usually he plays a good amount, but but I think he had more than normal last week. Uh, what's weird is that he it didn't actually. Um, result in a ton of tackles, but uh, as we know, the more snaps you can get in the box, the greater chance you will have to produce. So, if you use Neil last week, uh, I mean, I think he had like four or five tackles. I, I, I like him this week as well. Keep firing him out, and obviously, I like Antoine Winfield as well. I think both of these guys are going to have pretty good games against uh, Atlanta this week. Yeah, I like that Winfield call too because he's going to have a monster game. Uh, Devin White, which I'll mention in the injuries, is is uh, again has in practice this week, although Levante David should be back. Um, speaking of linebackers, Khalil Mack is on fire. He has two sacks in each of his last three games and in three of his last four. Now, he has 15 sacks on the year with five games to go. This week's opponent is Las Vegas on the road, and they're allowing two sacks per game. So Mack could be in line for at least one. i not sure you can count on a double sack or multiple sacks this week, but you could probably get at least one out of Mac. Yeah, I, I mean he's. It's so funny. Joey Bosa goes down, and then Khalil Mack uh, Just turns it on. Turns yeah. it on. It's exactly. great. It's great to see. We've seen a couple of um, kind of renaissance uh, uh, players if, uh, off the edge this year. Um, one of them, uh, actually, I'll go ahead and talk about now. I was going to talk about it a little later, but uh, you know, Jadavian Clowney. I mean, for for the Ravens, he he seems like you know, it's weird. He seems like the guy everybody thought he was going to be in the draft. It just took him this long to 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 finally be that player. But I don't know. I don't know about you, Thomas, but I think he looks great 
on this Ravens uh, defensive line. That's another guy who, um, you know, and, and you know, Mac has obviously had some phenomenal seasons, but he's but in his career, he's been a little uh, up and down and, and uh, maybe let's say he's he's underperformed expectations. Um, and so we have a couple of these veterans who uh, bounced around on a few teams uh, who are just lightening it, lighting it up. Uh, so Clowney's another guy for me. I, I, I'm really happy to to finally get to see him, uh, at least for a good stretch here. And he's obviously playing on a great defense, a defense that maybe has put him in a, in a in a really good position to succeed. But uh, Clowney's another guy I like going forward um, that uh, I'm actually surprised is on a lot of weight. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that he is as un- under-rostered as he is. I think it's everything we were just saying, and I've seen a little bit of that with Mac. I think everybody now has Mac who should have him, but it took a little while to believe that this stretch we're seeing from Mac wasn't just a, a one- or two-week fluke. I think that's also the case with Clowney. Um, it's just nice to see these guys, uh, you know, st- still have a, lo- a lot of fire in their bellies and and still improving and, and putting up solid production, even on, maybe on the back half of their career. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Renaissance uh, players that are racking up sacks and Leonard Floyd, Bradley Chubb, Montez Sweat. I mean, they, they, there's a plethora of, of former star edge rushers that are turning back the clock and doing very well. Yes. Now I'm I'm going to talk about a, a couple of guys here that are on their bye weeks and they're basically I'm giving you a heads up that if you get into your first week of the playoffs and they're available out there this week, you might want to consider grabbing them if you have the space on your your bench or you can store them and stash them. With all the injuries at linebacker position, Josh Woods is quietly having a, himself a really solid fantasy year. Now, he once again led the Cardinals last week with 11 total tackles. He had five solos and six assists, including a tackle for a loss. Now, he also took 98% of the defensive snaps. So Woods is playing very, very well and is a f- solid fantasy producer and is somebody you should consider if you can grab him this week and, and stash him for a week. Uh, now we're going to stay with the Ravens on, on my end. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on this week with their matchup against the Rams. Uh, the, I think their DBs have a have a really good matchup. The Rams, uh, who, who throw it a lot, obviously have some some great receivers there, a great quarterback. Uh, they're putting up top five numbers for uh, cornerback tackles. Um, now the Ravens defense as a whole, it, you know, it's weird. They're 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 this, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, modern defense and that their players are multiple and they're moving, they're doing all these kind of cool things. But um, in terms of how their defense is racking up tackles and defending, it's a little bit old school because most of their tackle production is still coming from two their two primary linebackers. And and this is kind of, you know, it's it's rare to, to have this nowadays. <laughs> um, so and if you just look at their tackle distribution, it's still mainly linebackers. So if you've got some of these Baltimore defensive backs this season, you might be a little um, um, underwhelmed by how they've been performing. Performing, I think this might be. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm still. I still think uh, both Roquan Smith um, uh, and Patrick, Patrick Queen, Queen, yeah, yeah are going to have solid games. But if you've got some of these Baltimore defensive backs, Geno Stone, etc., and particularly some of their uh, their cornerbacks, I do think this is a good week to use them. I only want to make one more caveat about that. Kyle Hamilton, who I think is also having a great year, 
he, if you've got Kyle Hamilton, you already know this. He'll have a week of 12 tackles. And then the next week he's got three tackles. And, um, I don't think it's because I he's having, pull my hair out. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think it's because he's having an inconsistent season. I think, uh, as I was just kind of saying earlier about about how how their offense, how their defense is very multiple. Um, again, for lack of a better term, that, that's a word we throw around, around a lot, and it means a lot of different things. But Hamilton gets used in a lot of different situations, and their defense is set up to have their their linebackers do the majority of the tackling. So Hamilton, I think, is playing well, but because they use him in the slot a lot, they use him as a traditional safety, etc. Um, he is an inconsistent uh, producer. That doesn't mean he's an consistent players. So uh, I do like the Baltimore DBs. However, I think Hamilton is, is um, I just, I just don't know enough about how they're going to use him this week to be able to say he's going to be in that same box as those Baltimore DBs who I think are going to get thrown at a lot this week. And, and you mentioned that the scheme plays a major role as to um, how, uh, how consistent or productive a player like Hamilton is going to be. And as you mentioned, you have, when you have Smith and, and you have Queen in, in, in the box, racking up the tackles, it's hard for a safety, even if he plays in the box like a Hamilton might, it's hard for him to garner any tackles because they're already being sucked up by these these two inside linebackers. And, you know, with Baltimore, this is a, a game they should probably go in and win against a, a team that, you know, you would say on paper is is not a, a really solid or stud team, but the Rams have, have done that a couple of times this year against the Seahawks where the Seahawks should have just manhandled them, and they didn't. They played well, and they stayed in the game, and Baltimore could play from behind. You don't know. It just It's one of those things where the scheme and the, and the matchup is going to determine what, what happens with Hamilton. Yeah. Now, Cody Barton is the second guy I was going to mention that um, – is on a bye week, but he played in his second game since coming off injured reserve last week and, and has once again taken over the, the IDP leadership for the commanders. He posted uh, 11 total tackles, five solos, and six assists while taking all 61 defensive snaps. Again, he's on a bye week, and you might catch him on the waiver wire if you're lucky. And if you if you can grab him and stash him, do so for your playoff run which could most likely start either this week or, or in week 15, which I'm hoping that if you do this, it'll be week 15 that your playoffs start. Yeah, I love this approach, Thomas, uh, this idea of finding some players who um, you should stash now, particularly if you know that, you know, if you, if you're doing so well that you know that you could take a loss and still um, make the playoffs um, or, you know, uh, and improve and, yourself for the playoffs. Exactly. You, you put yourself in a better position. Um, there are people right now who, who are probably um, – who don't have these guys or dropped them last week because, you know, remember last week was a uh, was a huge, huge bye week. Bye week. Six, six teams. Yeah, yep. Six teams. So, yeah, I, I love this approach, Thomas. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, – I'm going to shift over and talk about some D-line uh, activity. The Colts, man – We've seen a, a, some really solid production out of uh, multiple members of, of, of the Colts D-line. We've seen, obviously, DeForest Buckner, we, we count on on almost a weekly basis uh, when he's healthy. Quiddy Pay has had a really strong uh, season, particularly lately. And their you know, outside linebacker slash um, edge player, uh, Samson Epicom. I mean, 
all three of these guys have been putting up really good numbers. Um, and, you know, we think of Indy as, as kind of being a team that's that's not as dominant as they were. But this this line is really putting up solid production. And we see this sometimes. It, it doesn't happen often. But every now and then we will see a, a, a defensive line where multiple players on that line are producing at a high clip. We saw it last year with the Eagles. Oddly enough, they're not really doing it this year, but we saw it last year with the Eagles where you we had multiple p- people on that defensive line, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, et cetera, Fletcher Cox, who you could rely on across the board. And, and usually on a defensive line, there's one or two players who are soaking up the majority of the uh, of the production. So. Um, if you've got Quiddy Pay or whatever, I, I'm still firing up all these guys, uh, and I'm not looking at them taking away from each other's, uh, 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 you know, uh, snaps or taking away from each other's production. But I also mentioned this because um, what we're seeing is in the linebacker situation now that Shaq Leonard is gone, uh, we're seeing basically if there's that much production coming from the defensive line. I don't think the Colts have enough um, tackles left over for two linebackers to really fully sustain double-digit tackles every week. It's been mostly Zaire Franklin, right? He's been off the map 12, 15 tackles a week. What's been really interesting to see is that as they let go of Leonard and gave EJ Speed more snaps, um, we're seeing that 12 to 15 tackles now get almost evenly distributed between the two of them. So this is going to be interesting to watch, but I I do think part of that issue is because the defensive line is putting up so much uh, good production. We don't have 25 tackles left for the linebackers to divvy up between the two of them. It's more like 10 to 15. So Will Zaire Franklin snap back and be in, and get back to being a double digit tackle guy, or are we going to see six to eight tackles a piece between Speed and, and Franklin? Have you seen anything that, that that helps you solve that issue? I haven't yet, but I'm trying to well, keep an eye out for it. You know, I I one of the things that I noticed was when they when the Colts hit their bye week two weeks ago. Um, no, well, actually three weeks ago because they've played two straight weeks. The last two weeks they've played. It's Speed who's been being the more productive of the two linebackers as far as solos go. Now, Franklin has been racking up, like you said, six to eight tackles. But the problem with Franklin is that he's racking them up in a, more in assists than he are than he is in tackles. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you just mentioned with the defensive line being very productive. Now, they are... I. I believe that the scheme is adjusting to speed and in, in letting EJ get a little more uh, involved in the defense and in their scheming, uh, especially with the fact that Leonard is out. And so I think that is also playing, having an effect on Franklin. Now, this week, I truly think that Franklin's going to have a decent week this week because speed, as I will mention in my injury report, hasn't practiced this week. So there's a very strong possibility he's he's questionable and he may or may not play. You're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, if he even if he does play, the fact that he's not practicing and that he's banged up could mean that Franklin could they could lean back on Frank, Franklin and you could see his tackle totals, his solo totals go back up again. So it's going to be an interesting week, but I think you 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 pretty much hit the nail on the head with the fact that the defensive line is affecting the production of these linebackers. Now I'm going to jump into the secondary and talk about the Saints 
cornerback Paulson Adebo, who continues to fly under the uh, fantasy radars while leading his team in total tackles like he did last week. Now, Adebo posted eight total tackles. He had six solos, two assists, and he added a pass defended to his stat sheet. Adebo is taking nearly every defensive snap and could very well be on your waiver wire. As we've mentioned, cornerbacks are a dime a dozen when you get to this stage of the season. And the fact that you can find an Adebo out there, well, maybe you should go out and, and consider taking him if if you're in need of somebody who's going to give you eight to ten tackles. Yeah. Great call there. Um, I'm going to stick uh, on my end uh, with some more defensive line talk. Uh, I'm going to talk um, about a couple of matchups. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk about this one, and then later I'll talk about another matchup uh, where I think the entire game, I think both sides of the ball um, have a chance to be productive. Uh, and in this particular game, this is the uh, the Jaguars and um, the Browns game. I think both sets of defensive linemen will be in for a good game. Both of these teams produce top five production to defensive linemen. We have to see whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to play or not, but that uh, um, both of them uh, produce a lot of, of, t- of tackles. Uh, they, they run the ball in between the tackles, which means that puts that creates a lot of uh, defensive line production. Uh, we obviously know the Browns lie, uh, rely heavily on the run. Uh, depending on what's going to happen with T- Lawrence, it could be that the Jaguars uh, re- rely even a little bit more on the run. So any of my Jacksonville or Cleveland de- defensive linemen I'm starting this week, uh, we don't have a ton of great uh, matchups for defensive linemen, but uh, both sides of the ball for me uh, this week for that Jacksonville-Cleveland game. I'm expecting a lot of defensive linemen tackles. You know, we were talking a, a minute ago about the Pittsburgh and New England game, and then we we mentioned the depth at, uh, at linebacker for the Steelers and the fact that they had to bring Michael Walker and Blake Martinez off of their um, – practice squad and get them into the starting lineup and, and take significant snap counts um, with the guys like Landon Roberts being banged up, you know, talk about breathing life back into the, into an IDP. I mean, just like the Cardinals with their injuries and, and the fact that with Kazir White on injured reserve and, and Josh Woods stepping up, now you've got injuries floating out there with players like, um, Jerome Baker going down and so Duke Riley all of a sudden stepping up. You've got Zach Cunningham in Philadelphia going down and now the Shaq Leonard is signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. You've got players that are all over the place just going down with injuries. Nick Bolton's coming back off of injured reserve most likely this week after Drew Tranquil went down with a concussion. Um, I'll mention Denzel Perryman in a minute here and, and – the possibility that him and guys like Quay Walker and Nate Landman and EJ Speed and and others that are are you know Devin White, they may not play this week. They haven't practiced at all this week, and so you all of a sudden you've got a plethora of of you know Dennis Servoce and you've got uh, KJ Britt from Tampa Bay. You you uh, the list goes on and on and on. And as you get to the the doorstep of your fantasy playoffs, and you're like, there's a you're at the edge of the cliff, going whoa. <laughs> that's a long way down. Yep, it's a war of attrition, that's for sure. Um uh so uh some healthy IDPs uh um in in the Minnesota uh, uh, uh secondary and um uh, pretty much on all, all three levels. Uh I mean, we've seen a lot of good production from the Minnesota uh, as a defense. 
uh, is, you know, top, I think two or three in um, tackles. Just there's, you know, the, the Minnesota defense as a whole is uh, able to rack up a lot of tackle tackles. So you can basically use any of the three levels, which isn't always the case. There are some defenses. We were just kind of talking about one with Baltimore where uh, there's certain levels of the defense that, that are doing the majority of the tackle producing. Um, but that has not been the case for Minnesota. All three levels have been going well. However, this is just, I mean, this is just bad timing. Well, I guess at least it's not championship week, but man, they've got a brutal matchup this week with the Raiders. The Raiders are 31st in tackles created. They, um, you, you, you hear me, um, connect this phrase a lot, uh, offense that is slow and unproductive. They take forever to run a play. And then when they run a play, they run three and then punt. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what's been going on. Too Proverbial often. three and out. Yeah, exactly. So it's been going on a little bit too much with the Raiders, hence, hence their low tackle production. You're, you know, I'm still starting Cam Bynum. I'm still starting Pace. I'm still starting Harrison Phillips. I'm still starting Daniil Hunter. There's just, you know, this is like a, um, this is, you know, you've got a, a team that can't create tackles, you know, an offense that can't create tackles and a defense that leads the league in, in making their own tackles. So I don't, so something's got to give here. So I, I'm, I'm not benching any of these guys. This is just more uh, either. It's like start sit thing where if you've got, maybe you've got another, a really good safety and you're trying to decide between buying and, and, and them. But if this is really a note to say, don't panic. If uh, you know, uh, uh, Ivan Pace gets you, you know, five tackles this week or, you know, Harrison Phillips, who's, who's been putting up six and eight tackles. If he gets three tackles this week, don't panic. This is just a terrible matchup. Yeah. You mentioned the fact that the, the Raiders are not very good at, at uh, supplying much fantasy production for opposing defenses. I mean, they're ranked 28th in total number of plays, offensive plays or defensive uh, plays out there. Excuse me, their offensive plays. They have 675 uh, 674 offensive plays generated this year, and that's ranked 28th in the league. That's that's pretty bad when you consider there are teams that you know like Dallas who are over almost 100 offensive plays more than they have. Even the Patriots had going into tonight had almost 100 more uh, offensive plays than the Raiders. So that's a great call and and something that you know. And here lies the the stigma and the the challenge for a lot of fantasy owners is the fact that do you outthink yourself and then strategize way beyond where you should go because you're worried about the the fact that the, should I play Bynum against the Raiders or should I go with somebody else? And you got to go at this point in time. If you get to the point where you're, make, you're making tough decisions and you're stuck and you can't figure something out, go with what got you here. If Bynum has been playing well all along and he's been consistent for you, Go with him, even if he does have a tough matchup, because it's the one time you don't go with him and he goes off and gives you 10 tackles and you kick yourself for six straight months until your next draft. Right. <laughs> All right. It, it's official. You have to stay away from the Texans linebackers. <laughs> Blake Cashman posted a, a solo in five assists while wearing the green dot last week, taking 100% of the snaps. But he was nearly outproduced by Denzel Perryman, who had three solos and in, in th- three assists and only 65% of the snaps. And Christian Harris had four solos, two assists, and 60%. Now, rookie Henry Toa Toa didn't take a single defensive snap at all. So 
each week you're going to you're you're looking at these linebackers going okay well Cashman's going to see 100 percent of the snaps I'm going to go with him and then he gets outproduced by two guys who who don't even take more than 65 percent of the snaps and as I'll mention in the injury report Perriman hasn't even practiced this week so avoid Texan linebackers at all costs agreed particularly in this uh, crucial week and the next couple of weeks uh, agreed if it if it's not pretty apparent to us as to who's going to play or not, that uh, then that's probably not a risk you you want to take because um, that usually means that that the team itself is still toying with it every week and and we don't know those answers until uh, the game either starts. We realize somebody hasn't even you know they're not even in the starting lineup. Or we're we're three quarters in and we realize, like you said, like oh wow, Toa Toa literally hasn't taken a snap yet, and that's uh, way too late for for your week fourteen when you're trying to get into yeah. the playoffs. Um, so I tell you some linebackers I do like and defensive backs. Um, uh, so the Chargers, they're basically you know kind of the opposite of the of the Raiders in that they're they are a fast offense and they do create. Uh, a, a ton of tackles, particularly to the second and third levels, just because they throw the ball a ton. So uh, they're playing Denver this week. I know we, uh, you know, we started off talking about PJ Locke, but I like both their safeties. Um, I also obviously like you know, Alex Singleton is just one of these guys we we talk about him all the time. Like uh, we we don't really understand how, but it just seems like. Every single play, this guy is in on on making a tackle. Um, uh, but I also think, you know, in in deeper leagues, I ask, I, I also like uh, Josie Jewell as well, and, and I like some of their their quarterbacks as well. So if you had to lean on a start sit, uh, and you've got a Denver IDP, I think they've got a good matchup this week. But in particular, the defensive backs uh, and the linebackers. Yeah, I I have to agree. I mean, there's a handful of of. DBs out there I like this week. Jesse Bates, Xavier McKinney, Jonathan Owens, uh, Jaquan Brisker. Uh, these are some safeties that, that I think are going to have very productive fantasy weeks. TJ Edwards is a linebacker I'm looking at this week that is probably going to have a very solid uh, game. Even Bobby um, Okereke will most likely have uh, have a big game. And for Zaire Franklin, as we mentioned, could be in for a solid one because of the fact that, that EJ Speed is banged up. Now, there is a linebacker out there that played last week um, that probably is not going to produce what, how he did last week. When Drew Tranquil went down with the concussion, and as we know with concussions, you, you get a concussion, the chances are that you're going to be out at least one week. And the one that he had was pretty severe. It knocked him out. And it was Jack Cochran who stepped up in the middle because Nick Bolton wasn't active for the game. Now Cochran posted seven solos and he had two tackles for a loss while taking 89% of the defensive snaps. He only has fantasy value if Tranquil is out, which is most likely going to happen this week. And Nick Bolton doesn't get activated. Now Bolton has practiced in full the last two days. So there's a very strong possibility Bolton returns and Cochran goes back to the backup role. Uh, we're going to close out this segment. Um, and by the way, let's, uh, man, how awesome was Nick Bolton at the beginning of the season? So let's, you know, we've been talking about all these, you know, Michael Walker and and Blake Cashman and and um, uh, you know just some of these these linebackers who seemingly have come back from the dead or at least the couch. Um, and uh, and 
what a breath of fresh air it would be if you've got Nick Bolton and you've been hanging on to him and you can get to finally use him this week. Hopefully, hopefully uh, that will be the case. Um, so we're going to close out and talk about uh, um, a, a, what I think is another really good matchup on both sides of the ball. And that's this Dallas Philly matchup. We've got, we've got some bumpy matchups this week, but man, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the KC Buffalo one should be a good one. But really, this Dallas Philly one, I could see this being a barn burner uh, that creates a ton of production um, for really for, for, for both sides. You know, uh, definitely like Reed Blankenship and Kevin Byard, particularly with so many question marks around um, their linebackers. We've seen both of these safeties for the Eagles continue to, to rack up uh, tackles back there. Um, uh, both of their defensive line. Uh, I, I will say that uh, you know it, it's been it's been interesting. I, I mentioned this earlier, um, and you all know this if you have some of these guys. But uh, uh, you know the the monster uh, production we were getting out of Hassan Reddick you know, last year. Uh, we, we we don't we haven't seen this year as much. Obviously, Javon Hargrave is is gone from that, but still some pretty good uh, production to be had there. Uh, obviously, the Dallas offense is playing better. Dak Prescott's playing better, so uh, I think fewer uh, sack opportunities for for Philly than than we might think. But other than that, uh, I, I really like just tons of tackles from from both these sides. So again, if you're going to lean a, a direction on some start sets, if it's a if it's an eagle or a cowboy, I'm probably leaning that way. It's just really frustrating um, uh, to not be able to feel confident about using these Cowboys linebackers, trying to figure out what's going to happen with Clark and Marquise Bell on, on a weekly basis. And I mean, Dan Quinn is using them all very well, using them all like chess pieces. Uh, it's working great for their for their defense, but they have these really talented players uh, in the secondary, you know, Curse and, and, and Wilson and whatnot. And it just becomes harder and harder to figure out which one of those guys are going to get the tackles. That said, if you're in a situation and you need to lean on on, on somebody, I think there's going to be enough tackles to go around uh, on both sides of the ball for these guys. Agreed. So shall we dive into some injuries? Oh, oh I can't wait. I tell you, every week I just I basically just sit around and look out my window and think, <laughs> is it time yet to hear Thomas tell me about all the players I can't use? Oh, Not yet. Please, well, Lord. Now, it's like Christmas morning. <laughs> you know, it's funny because there are three guys that went on injured reserve this week. Jalen Phillips tore his uh, Achilles on Miami. Cam Taylor Britt on Cincinnati was a last-minute scratch um, with an ankle, and they put him on injured reserve. And Marcus May, the safety on New Orleans, was placed on injured reserve within the last 24 hours with a shoulder injury. Now, this is the time of year where injured reserve starts becoming very, very full, and you start seeing a lot of players going on injured reserve that in week five or six or seven would not land there because teams are looking you know, down the road. They're, they're either in the playoff hunt or they're not. If they're not in the playoff hunt, then players like a Marcus May who's borderline injured, they'll throw them on injured reserve so they can get a look at somebody else. And they start doing projections and in, in, in research on players that are on the roster that wouldn't normally get a look, but because they're the, the games are somewhat meaningless to them as far as the not being in the playoffs, well, then that's when you're going to start seeing a lot of these players start landing on injured reserve and, and just shut your season down with, with regards to these players. Now, I'm going to list uh, the, uh, everything that I list from this point forward is going to be questionable players. 
The first list I'm going to give you are players who have yet to practice or have been downgraded to did not practice um, Thursday, which is showing that they're on the wrong end of um, the questionable status. They're going in the wrong direction. And then the second list I'll give you is players that have been either uh, did not practice Wednesday and were upgraded to limited or have been limited all week and are questionable. So they're trending in the right direction. All right. The first batch is going to be starting with defensive tackle, David Onyemata, uh, Atlanta with an ankle, uh, Deshaun Williams, Carolina, sh- uh, knee, Sheldon Rankins, Houston, shoulder, Defensive end Max Crosby on Las Vegas with a knee has yet to practice this week. John, uh, John Franklin Myers of the Jets, ankle. Eric Armstead at San Francisco, uh, a foot and a knee. Vita Vey, defensive tackle Tampa Bay with a toe. And defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons on Tennessee with a knee. Um, now, Simmons didn't practice today. He plays on Monday night. So that you're going to have to pay more attention through Friday and Saturday with him. Linebackers, Nate Landman in Atlanta, knee. Quay Walker, Green Bay, shoulder. Denzel Perryman, Houston, knee. EJ Speed, Indianapolis, knee. Drew Tranquil, Kansas City, concussion. Michael Hoyt, uh, the Rams, knee. Jerome Baker, Miami, knee. Most likely out a couple of weeks. Jordan Brooks on Seattle with an ankle. And Devin White on Tampa Bay with a foot. None of these guys have practiced yet this week through Thursday. Jeff Okuda, Atlanta, ankle. Darryl, uh, Darnell Savage, Green Bay, chest. He's hasn't practiced, so that Jonathan Owens could be, you know, one of those guys that we were talking about that could have a really good week this week if Sa- Savage is not available. Cornerback Trey Herndon, Jacksonville, concussion. Safety Brian Cook, Kansas City, ankle. There's a possibility he lands on injured reserve. Cornerback Dean Leonard on uh, the Chargers, ankle and a heel. Javon Holland, safety on Miami, knee. Cornerback Trey Brown, Seattle heel. Cornerback Jamil Dean or Jamel Dean, Tampa Bay with a foot ankle, and cornerback Christian uh, Fulton, Tennessee hamstring. None of these guys have practiced this week. Now on the upside or uptick, limited practice players that are questionable. Defensive end Cameron Jordan on New Orleans ankle, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle, New York Giants, hamstring. Defensive tackle, Leonard Williams, Seattle ankle. Um, These guys have been limited. Uh, Williams didn't practice Wednesday, but got upgraded to limited. Dexter didn't was limited today, and he plays on Monday. Linebacker Byron Young, uh, the Rams knee, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Linebacker Pete Warner, New Orleans, shoulder oblique, limited all week so far. Linebacker Zach Cunningham, Philadelphia, hamstring limited all week. Secondary, cornerback A.J. Terrell, Atlanta, concussion. Safety Von Bell, Carolina, shoulder. Cornerback Denzel Ward, Cleveland, shoulder. Safety Juan Thornhill, Cleveland, calf. Uh, the the players, all these defensive backs have been limited all week, except for Thornhill, who did not practice Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. That's an upgrade for him. Cornerback uh, Jair Alexander, Green Bay, shoulder. Safety Jimmy Ward of Houston, shoulder, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Cornerback Juju Brents on Indianapolis with a quad injury, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Safety Quinton Lake, the Rams, hamstring, same thing. 
did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Darius Slay, a cornerback on Philadelphia with a knee injury. He didn't practice Wednesday with limited Thursday, but he's listed as rest slash knee. So there's a very strong possibility he plays. And finally, safety Jamal Adams on Seattle has been dealing with this knee injury. Didn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. He just doesn't seem to be himself all year anyways because of this knee injury, even if he plays. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, Hope everybody has a great week 14 and that you're tuning in week 15 because you are in the playoffs. Um, Thomas, uh, thanks for running us down all of that information. We will see you guys next week. Remember that if you are a Fantasy Points uh, subscriber and you are a premium subscriber, you can reach out to us on Discord. Uh, We are trying to get everybody set for their uh, playoff matchups. Uh, We are also in there talking dynasty. You know, if you're... If you're in these uh, deeper dynasty leagues and it's time to start thinking about next year, we're in that help you as well. We have updated yeah. the uh, rest of the season rankings. Yeah, um, those those are going to be that's the last update we'll do. Uh, we all both sides of the ball. We stop after week 14, and everything from that point forward is your weekly uh, projections. So if you need projections for the playoffs, you should be looking at the weekly projections because the end of season are finished once we do week 14. And also the Discord, I'll be doing a um, an injury list uh, for the Discords this week. Uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow evening, I'll post a who's out, who and, and who's questionable. A final list in the Discord. And as uh, Justin mentioned, we do a lot of discussion with everybody as to who we think. You know, if somebody says, oh, "Who should I start between these guys?" We'll we'll give you uh, our suggestions. Again, remember that these are our. De- uh, if the it was our decision, we would go this way. But in the end, the decision is always yours, and we can only give you the the you know the the ammunition to fight the fight and get yourself through and into the playoffs. All right. We will see you guys next week. Um, like I said, everyone, good luck this week. Hopefully we'll, you will be tuning in next week because you have made the playoffs, and we're going to help you guys uh, try to rack up a couple of ships this year. All right, Thomas, take us out. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.